Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greg Lovelady, head baseball coach here at UCF, and you're watching the Sons of UCF Live. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trace Roca. Welcome to the Sons of UCF Live. Happy 407 day, wherever you are watching us. Hello, Adam. Where is Mike? Did he not get the memo? 8 o'clock Eastern. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, it's funny. Mike was here a little bit ago, and then now he's gone again. He may be back. I mean, there's a time change situation, jet lag. He had a lot of truths he revealed on the podcast this week. Maybe this is one of them. I'm not really sure, but I'm sure he'll be with us in a moment. But I'm glad you all are with us, at least. It might help if he showed up you know, more than a minute before we go live. But Greg Phillips actually probably has it correct. Greg, you you might be on the money here <laughs> with, where, with where Mike is at. He has seen the photos that Mike has posted from his vacation. Well... Let us begin this evening uh, talking about open practice for UCF this Thursday. Head coach Gus Malzahn in attendance. Why is that Was a big he? deal? Let's see the video first of uh, that I shot of uh, Coach Malzahn out at practice. Gonna, you know, gonna, you take me right to the video. I'm trying to uh, navigate a bunch of. Th- All right, we're gonna go video. All right, I got you. Well, ten second clip here. Ten second Wouldn't usually be go. news, except of course Gus involved in an automobile accident. Auburn, Alabama on Monday. He, of course, in Auburn to help his wife Christie's mother following the recent passing of Christie's father. Now, news reports indicated one person was injured in the accident, airlifted to a nearby hospital. And we were supposed to hear from Coach following today's scrimmage, but he punted to offensive coordinator Chip Lindsey and defensive coordinator Travis Williams. So strikes me as a little bit of unusual. You guys are the reckless speculation types. I am not, but little unusual to have that scheduled availability with Coach Malzahn today and then he not make himself available. Uh, not a lot of information coming out of Auburn. I reached out to a source that I have in Auburn, and uh, he's trying to obtain the police report and learn more about the, uh, the nature of the accident. So still some more to come on this. Perhaps when Coach Malzahn uh, is out with the team on Saturday at practice, uh, perhaps he'll conduct his media availability there. Mike, are you with us? I'm back, baby. I'm hey, back. It was a little rocky there to start. <laughs> I actually can only hear you in one ear, but uh, I'm here anyway. One ear better than two. Welcome back. Good vacation for you. Yeah, great time. We had a fabulous time. Uh, I wish I was still on vacation. It kind of sucks going back to work this week, but uh, you know that's the price you got to pay, I guess. Uh, by the way, can we bring back up Greg Phillips' uh, comment uh, on why you were yeah. were late? Uh, yeah. I think he summed it up. He's seen the photos. Greg <laughs> saying, probably drunk, probably uh, drunk. It, it appears well, you're sober. A little technical probably, problem. Probably not mentioned in that, uh, Trace. That's just drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually just got it through the door right now. I got done with softball practice with the girls. Uh, tight schedule on Thursday nights, but I made it. It's a couple minutes late, but here I am. We are glad you are here. So, no Gus Malzahn at the media availability today. We did hear from Chip Lindsay and Travis Williams and some players, Matt Lee and uh, uh, Devon Wilson. Uh, and we got to see them in the bounce house. Second scrimmage, of course, spring game coming up on the 16th. 
And uh, I've been trying to get Coach Lindsay to answer questions, you know, some different questions than he might normally be asked. And, you know, he's pretty forthcoming. Today I asked him on what he wants to see Mikey Keene and John Rice Plumley and what he wants to see them work on here with the duration of spring camp. Yeah, I think uh, Mikey, I think obviously usually his decision making is really good. So I think for him, it's, uh, you know, maybe speeding that process up just a little and then also making a few plays with his feet. Like say you're in a third down situation and it's five or six and it's not real clean, you know it's man coverage. So, you know, there, you should have an opportunity to make a play with your feet if, you, if, if, it's, if it's not clean and not force the ball. And uh, he did that today. So I think that was one thing that sticks out in my mind. With John Rice, I think it's uh, throwing balls that give our guys an opportunity to put their hands on it, you know, like uh, – you know, a guy's running down the sideline and you want to throw a back shoulder ball, well, you want to throw in a spot where he can catch it or nobody catches it. You know, you never want to leave that ball inside. So, to summarize that, he wants to see Mikey run more and John Rice Plumley throw better. So we're back where we were just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, the Mikey running stuff, we can figure that out at some point, right? The John Rice Plumley was a clear indication of either bad throws that weren't there or the rumors today around a couple interceptions in the scrimmage, right? So either throw it where a receiver can get it or don't throw it where anyone can get it. So clearly he's, he's indicating that we still got some work to do with JRP's arm. I think the Mikey Keene running stuff, we can figure that out. We don't need Mikey Keene to become, you know, this version of Isaiah Bowser. He can, as long as he can keep defenses honest, tuck the ball, get a couple yards off, off the line there, whatever. We don't need him to, to be a speedster out there. But the JRP not being able to throw thing, to me, bigger red flag than what I heard about Mikey Keene. Yeah, and a couple of those videos Trace posted earlier today, great job out of you. Um, I don't know if it was just a bad throw or the receivers were dropping everything that went their ways, but you could tell on a couple of them that he wasn't hitting the receivers in stride. They kind of had to reach back for it. Maybe that was the issue. Uh, Mikey running to me is not that big of a deal yet. When a play breaks down, you'd like them to take off. But Dylan Gabriel never really took off running until uh, his second and third season, too. So, Well, let's continue to fan the flames of this quarterback controversy. Today, center Matt Lee was asked, what was the standout play during Thursday's scrimmage? I think if there's one play that stood out, I think uh, it was the first drive. It was like the third play of the drive. Uh, John Rice Plumlee pulled the ball, broke like two tackles in the backfield and busted for like an 80-yard touchdown run. So that was super cool to see. Correction there, sports information says more like 54, 55 yards. But again, we know what John Rice Plumley can do with his legs. How do coaches balance Mikey Keene and John Rice Plumley in this offense? First off, Matt Lee, God love you for the skull cap when it's like 80 degrees in Orlando today. And I don't know if you need that. Uh, but did he say that was the first drive trace or first play of the drive? Uh, I'd have to go back and listen to that. I'm I sure mean, I guess I should have listened to it when I was playing right yeah. there. Because that would be interesting because does that mean that JRP got the first reps out there today? Was he first out? I know there's kind of a, a switch between him and Mikey Keene. So did JRP get the, the first reps? I saw later there was some commentary about it. It was a kind of a busted play. DN got in and, and JRP sort of you know broke the tackle and, and, and beat some DBs uh, from a speed standpoint. And I think that's the thing that he can do really well. But then you hear what Chip says about, well, hey, if for some reason we don't rush it, we don't don't rush anybody and we drop back in coverage and, and defense says make him throw it is he gonna throw it to somebody's hands or somebody's feet or, or the other team's hands i think that's the challenge but i mean listen we know he's explosive we know he's got speed we've seen that before but if he's going to be one-dimensional it's gonna be pretty easy to scheme against that yeah you love those explosive plays but the thing that uh caught my eye were two interceptions today in a practice uh that's the one thing we can't have the offense cannot be turning the ball over so um, you can keep the 80-yard runs. I'd rather have just a nice seven-play 80-yard drive and not turn the ball over. Well, we know the initials JRP. Let's welcome in our first guest who goes by RBJ at RBJ2K1, a junior education major who may switch over to communications. Maybe a bit of an audition, though he's got some experience with the Twitter spaces, the one that follows us on the Sons of UCF Live tonight. RBJ, welcome into the Sons of UCF Live. Is that an audio situation? No audio? That's not us. RBJ, RBJ, come on now. Come on now. He's no waving. Audio. Yeah, no, no audio. audio. Look, he's got the uh, – oh, my goodness. <laughs> come on. We bring in the college kid, the tech-savvy college kid. Live from the student oh. union, apparently. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What are you going to do in Twitter spaces? All right, why don't you figure that out and come back? And, All right. And we'll talk we'll, with we'll you. Take, 
We'll take RBJ down. Tap into a bit of a younger Man. demo here on the Sons of UCF Live. Welcome in a college kid. A lot of opinions. Here's all right. The behind way, the he scenes. messaged me and he asked, "Is do I have to keep it clean on this show? Because they tend to get a little saltier on the Twitter spaces." Yeah. I said, "Yeah, let, let's keep it clean." And then, and then nothing. 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 <laughs> Here's the thing. You can't. You guys can't see this. So I can see RBJ in in like the green room, and he's he's getting ready. He was moving around. I saw moving the show. He was ready to roll. <laughs> we throw to him, and and now he's he's texting that he's uh, uh he's certainly embarrassed. I don't know if he's if he wants to give me a, a thumbs up. If he's ready, we can try again. RBJ. All right. He says he's ready. Let's try. No. 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 He's telling. He's telling it. That's on me. That's an. E, that's e me on that one. No. No. Any, any, still no. Any, no. Still no audio. What's your sign language capabilities? You got anything? Uh, the first question for you, since you can hear us, Team Mikey Keene or Team John Rice Plumley? <laughs> okay. Was that a Castellanos? You expect this stuff out of me. I mean, this is something I was Yeah, I already had this out of you. I, I had an excuse. <laughs> he, he was drunk. RBJ. Try and get it together. Come back. We'll bring you in uh, when we get happened, to the, yeah. the mailbag. Uh, so so let's get back to this uh, quarterback situation. Uh, you know, it does appear, certainly from what coaches are saying, two-man race, right? Parker, we love you, but you're probably <laughs> not in the mix there. And Thomas Castellanos, you know, we're not going to a true freshman quarterback. Do you think we've learned anything? Do you think there's been any separation? Mind you, the most we get are the clips I upload on Twitter. Separation between whom? JRP and Mikey Keene? Yeah. Because I think it's a two-horse race at this point, right? I've, obviously, at this point, I, I think Castellanos is the future. The kid has a boatload of talent. Everybody who comes to the podium raves about what you see out of Castellanos. Clearly, he's the guy for the future. I think it's a situation now, though. It's, it's a lot to ask a true freshman to come in, pick up this playbook, and move the offense the way they want to do it. Plumlee didn't come here for, for no reason, right? I mean, I think he feels like he's got a legitimate shot. I think we know Gus wants a dual-threat quarterback. It's going to come down to, do we think Gus, in my opinion, can Gus and Chip live with a limited passing game if that seems to be what John Rice has? I think that's going to be the answer. Do we think that we can craft an offense where the defense is going to know we don't have ton of a ton of threat from a pass perspective? I think that's a line right now that Gus is trying to decide. We already established that Mikey does the green green better than everybody. That's number one. Number two, we saw the video of them walking to the practice field the other day. I got to say, I give Keen the, the, uh, the advantage on that too. Two points for Keen. The picture I'm walking to the talking, practice field? Yeah, yeah. He was kind of had a little more of a strut mm -hmm, to him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he agrees. The, the pictures that Adam told us to evaluate during the show when they were looking at the, and holding the ball, JRP looking at the ball instead of looking downfield. Again, mm. advantage Castellanos on that one. That was, that was a good one. But um, from what we've seen in practice, a couple of throws, uh, I can't really tell you. I, I Could you go by what I hear? He's thrown two interceptions today, and he ran for an 80-yard touchdown. Like I said, I'd rather somebody just take care of the football. All right, so at 80 Pegasus UCF asking, seeing the videos posted, uh, asking if JRP's release more closely resembles Mackenzie Milton than any of our other quarterbacks. Quick, compact, tight wind-up, wrist flick. Mike, agree? Disagree? Ball, ball hits hands. Is I think that they were missing <laughs> on that one. Um, it's a shorter delivery than Mikey Keene's. I'll give him that. <laughs> well, <quicker> <laughs> everybody's <laughs> delivery is shorter than Mikey. Uh, and, no, and I hope the start of Major League Baseball today. <laughs> but you know what? I saw Keene's delivery as long as it is. It was. It seemed quicker. I'll give him that. From the, the couple of clips I saw today, it looked like he was getting rid of the ball quicker. Yeah, he's still going down and around, but. Um, he looked like he was hitting the guys in the hands. One more try. Here we go. RBJ, can you hear us? Can you hear me? Is the oh, question. there we go. <laughs> it's up and it's good. <laughs> All right. There we oh, go. Man. Now now you got to deliver here. We hope that the oh, wait yeah. has been worth it. All right. The question, perhaps you heard me. Are you team okay. Mikey Keene or team John Rice Plumley? Oh, man. Well, if we're being completely honest, I'm team Bowser here. But honestly, <laughs> uh... <laughs> I would have to be I'm rolling with JRP right now and only for only for this instance it's because I just think he fits Gus Malzahn's offense way better and I just feel like he's a better fit for the offense if you know what I'm saying but at the end of the day I posted it on Twitter earlier today I am rolling with whoever's behind center whoever's wearing that UCF gold stack logo on their chest I am behind them 100% that's all that matters to me 
All right, RBJ, you are um, you are clearly out there. You're at a lot of sporting events. You are a huge UCF supporter, obviously still a student. But what do you think we need to do as a university to get more student involvement? You seem to clearly be at sort of that top line of students who are going to be everywhere. But let's face it, basketball, baseball, we're not drawing a lot of people. What can we do as a university to get more, more students, more of your peers, more of your classmates out there? Well, I think the most important thing is winning, first of all. Winning is very important. If you win, the students will show up. Hence, maybe I like if you saw it in the beginning of the basketball season, like a lot of the student section definitely showed up because we thought the basketball team was good. But winning is definitely important. And uh, another thing that the uh, athletic department can do that the students will definitely show up for, give out free stuff. Um, every time that the student section is packed, they give out free T-shirts. That is also important. Um, yeah, do you wear these free t-shirts because you sport in the bowser one there do you wear these free free shirts they toss i do if they toss them <laughs> <laughs> if i catch them <laughs> but then when i get the free t-shirts i usually just turn them into workout shirts i just get my scissors cut it into a tank top and i'm good to go you sound like mike <laughs> we're gonna do a flex off after this um right now i mean i can do it right now i mean <laughs> i gotta do some push-ups first um so this is what your third year on campus yes sir third year how, how long have you been following ucf before that uh so i've been following ucf since 2014 2013 actually because uh I actually uh, knew Brandon Alexander. I don't know if that name rings a bell, but I'm of actually course, really close. Yeah. I'm actually really close with him. We're actually really close friends. So uh, he's name dropper. Got football. a name dropper yeah. here. He's gotten me into UCF football. But uh, everybody knows. I'm pretty sure I said it on Twitter before who I would get up before I came here. I'm not gonna say it. But Florida State. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's that's <laughs> to the side. That's to the side. We don't worry about that right now. <laughs> but um, do you have any florida state t-shirts in your drawer no it's all black and gold okay all right that's a start okay. that helps that helps <laughs> but uh yeah i started following ucf football around 2013 fiesta bowl when that happened and then they were like because you know i live i'm from apopka so you know you see ucf like occasionally everywhere but then you know we have the other big schools or whatever so yeah i followed uh ucf since 2013 and I didn't really start taking it serious until 2017. I'm one of those fans. Oh, 2017 to the prison fans. <laughs> got it. Got it. Uh, well, I, asked, um, I asked on my Twitter, uh, the big question I asked this week is I asked what was the most confidence you had in an offensive position group. And this week I asked uh, defensive position group. Tie here between the defensive line and the secondary. Of course, biggest question about linebacker. Next to the quarterback controversy, what's the biggest question that you have going into this 2022 season? Uh, it would definitely have to be linebacker depth for sure because I was most worried about, I mean, we got Terrence Lewis, the addition of him, but the loss to Tatum, the loss of Tatum Bethune really hurt, in my opinion, when it comes to depth. And also it does, like, it kind of doesn't help that, Yes, our linebackers are talented, but they also there's only one that I know that sticks out that has actual in-game college experience, and that's Jeremiah Jean Baptiste. So that's my biggest question mark. Let's talk basketball for a second, RBG. I know you were at a bunch of games this year. The men's team, obviously, with some turnover. The women's team, uh, Coach Abe leaves, Diamond Battles leaves. You know, we got a new coach coming in. What do you project as the future of UCF basketball, both men's and women's? Are you are you excited? Do you think we're on the right track, or are you still concerned about what you're seeing from departures and people leaving? Um, so men's basketball, I'm optimistic. I wouldn't say I'm excited, but I'm optimistic. But from what I've heard from other people is that last year we had like the talent to make the tournament and of course we fell short and that's when people are like you know calling for johnny dawkins head or whatever they want to like fire him but me i wasn't going to talk about the whole johnny dawkins situation until end of the season and my thoughts on it is who are we going to find better that's me so the women's basketball situation and that's i am optimistic to where i want to see where we are going to go from that I think the whole women's basketball thing, I think it's going to be a complete rebuild. We're going to have to be patient with that. All right, so obviously you follow football and basketball very closely. 
What about baseball? Have you made it out to the Love Shack for any of these games? <laughs> I've definitely made it out to the Love Shack, but baseball <laughs> is not my expertise. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> but we need people like you to get the uh, you know the, the crowd going. And you, you seem to be one of those guys that's in the front row waving their hands, getting everybody hyped up. Is that you? Uh, yeah, that is me on occasion when I feel like it. <laughs> but uh, if you really want me to be energetic, I mean, you can ask some of my friends at football games if you really want me to be energetic. Uh, can I say this online? I mean, get a couple drinks down. That's pretty much it mm. at a tailgate. Yeah, you can say that. I, again, I shared with the audience that you asked me if, if profanity was okay in this hour. And we, try to, we try to keep things clean. However... It's a little saltier in the Twitter spaces. Why don't you preview what's coming up following the Sons of UCFR? Ah, what are we previewing? Let's see. We are definitely going to be talking about uh, spring ball, the QB battle, the whole QB controversy, whatever. As we know, with the whole QB thing, it's the fan base is split down the middle right now. So, yeah, with that, we're going to be talking about what we think was going to happen when UCF turns into the Big 12. We're going to be talking about facilities, upgrades, and what we need to do for that. We're going to talk about fundraising, and we are also going to be talking about men's and women's basketball tonight. So make sure to tune in on that. Twitter spaces, RBJ, you're a natural if you don't pursue that education degree, uh, you know, <laughs> career in education. You know, uh, you got a future in communications, I think. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right, RBJ, we appreciate you. Enjoy the Twitter spaces tonight, and we'll have you back on at some other time. Thank you. I got to finish all this homework. I'm stressing out over finals. <laughs> Pray for me. We <laughs> do not have to worry about that. Enjoy that. on. Yikes. RBJ mentioning he expects complete rebuild for women's basketball. Of course, uh, we saw Diamond Battles enter the portal now. She's already a Georgia Bulldog, and uh, Coach Abe's daughter, Savannah Henderson, uh, no shocker there. Joining, of course, uh, new coach now, Sitia Messer, uh, joining UCF this week. I would say she won the press conference, right? You guys talked about it on your show this week. Definitely won the press conference. What she does here remains to be seen, of course. Said all the right things. I mean, I told Mike on the show this week, if, if you want to be positive about one thing, she coached in the Big 12. She was an assistant in Baylor. <clears throat> they had a ton of success there. Final Fours, what, championship in 2019. So, our move into the Big 12, she's well-positioned to understand the conference. She knows the landscape. She probably knows the recruiting trail. So while certainly it hurts to lose Coach Abe, this may be kind of the quote-unquote next best thing, right? Because as we ascend to that, she's got that intimate knowledge. She's been under Kim Mulkey, who is you know, well-renowned as a, 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 a legend in the women's basketball coaching arena. So she's learned under one of the best recruiting ties. You know, she understands the conference. While it's certainly not Coach Abe, and, and we recognize the success she had, this may be maybe the very next best thing we can look for. And she already mastered the walk and talk. I mean, what else? she's fitting right in on day one. So <laughs> that, that, that's good to see. Now, can she do it as the head coach here? I, I, I think she, uh, she has the pedigree for it. So. I don't see why not. Let's see uh, what happens once the games start coming around next year. Orlando Sentinel, Jason Beattie reporting. She'll make $625,000 a year. Hefty sum of money. I know, Mike, you've said this. I, I, I agree with you. Return on investment on that. I mean, Timo certainly going big on this hire. I think it is interesting, by the way, all those folks that uh, went after me on Twitter for calling out Timo for not thanking Abe. He corrected that in his presser the other day. He, uh, he acknowledged her. Though, Mike, you didn't, I heard you on the show this week say, you uh, heck with it. You don't care. <laughs> if I'm being honest, no. I, I've told you guys, I've watched one women's basketball game in my life, and it was two weeks ago. <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> so. Expert analysis. Expert Honesty, analysis. though. Honest uh, from Mike. Mike, our next guest, I saved. I, I talked to him last week, and I said, there's no way we can have you on. Not that Adam doesn't have just the the great head of hair, but there's no way you can have has on. a hat on monster. The barber. Oh, he's willing. He's willing. That's the reveal. Let's bring in monster. The barber Orlando's premier barber is advertising. It's not just a haircut. It's an experience monster. Thanks for joining us on the sons of UCF live. How's it going boys. Can you hear me? We can hear you just fine. Better than RBJ. Just a few moments ah. ago. You're doing pretty good calling you out RBJ. Mike, Mike, do the reveal again. So monster can see it. This is why I wanted Mike to be part. Look at this. Look at, huh? It's getting a little long. I went for a while without cutting it, but I went on vacation. I had to trim it up a little bit. It was longer. Okay. I could do something with that. 
<laughs> How did you first get associated with, with UCF athletics? We see on social media, football players uh, in particular, basketball players as well, coming to see you. What was the connection there with UCF? Um, it all started with uh, KZ, to be quite honest. He walked into my shop one day. Uh, Mama T was uh, scouting a barber for her son without knowing she was scouting. And um, she sent him in one day. He sat in my chair. And um, didn't even know who the hell he was, to be quite honest. Came a couple of times, and when it came to light that he was uh, Mackenzie Milton, the QB of UCF, it was like I was mind blown. I said, wait, it's you? No way. I couldn't even believe it. But by that point, we was already so close, so tight. And then it's just been history ever since. He's just He was my biggest advocate and my biggest uh, advertisement piece. So here I am today. I basically do a little over, uh, almost, almost maybe maybe a little over a third of the other staff and and team at this point. Yeah, I want to go through some of your legendary uh, haircuts. So I went I went on your Twitter monster and I pulled up some of these. I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to show some of these right uh, here. What, give me what what's the scouting report into Salvo? <laughs> what kind of haircut are we working with here? Big E right there. Well, Mister Mister Big E De Salvo, uh, he uh. He he was he, he's not a big barbershop guy. Well, at least he wasn't. Um, his I'm not gonna disclose who cut his hair, but he was content at the time. But you know, it's one of those things, man. You know, they keep waving that 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 candy in front of you, and if you're a big kid, you're gonna want some candy. And he said, you know what, I'm gonna get in there. He came in, and I've changed his life, man. Yeah, he went high and tight on that side. I see the line of that's nice. Uh, there, yeah. There's KZ. There, there's the, the the guy who started off for you. What kind of haircuts KZ working with? KZ likes something subtle yet clean. That's all he wants. He leaves it in my hands. He's like, look, I got to be able to, when it grows back in, I got to still look good as if it was the first day. So, you know, he's a pretty boy, man. KZ, he's, he's, all, he's <laughs> Mr. Charismatic. So he, he, he don't need much of my help anyway. All right. One of the new guys, you can't really see this, when JRP came in, you gave him a little uh, bit of the two-line deal. What's going on with JRP's hair? John Rice, yo, he shocked me with that. That that wasn't my idea. He came in with – he wanted a what we call a burst fade and uh, hooked him up with a nice burst fade. And he goes, yeah, he needs two lines. I said, two lines? I said, you're a QB. Then I remember, wait a minute, you're, <laughs> you're a baseball player too. And baseball players are edgy, you know? I said, let's do it. And – he fell in love with it. He loved my work. And, you know, he, he you know, I told him, I said, listen, our, our next step is I, I want to throw the first pitch at some point. Work on it. So I got him doing homework. <laughs> All right. Our next guy, we got Isaiah Bowser. Right, what, kind of, what kind of cut are you giving Bowser? Big Zay. That's uh, what we call what we call a drop fade. Uh, it looks a little dark on top with a nice skin fade on the bottom. And, uh, yeah, I brought him back to life, too. I ain't like what who, where he was going before. So I, I I made sure he came in and uh again I changed his life on that one, and uh, the boy's got a neck. He can carry a tall building with with his neck. He's all neck. Whoever stands in front of him, good luck, because he's neck and shoulders, man. All right, the probably the most controversial haircut you released on Twitter, and this is a shout out to uh, JP Gilbert for giving me this idea. Andrew Brito came in. Walk us through this one right here, because he had he had like a like a, a mop fro situation. He comes out. Is he asleep? First of all, is the first question. But comes out with 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 Rose a whole a whole frame. What's going on here? All right. Well, he came in without a clue. He didn't know what he wanted. He knew he wanted a haircut. I said, but your hair covers anything I would do anyway. So I said, you know what? Let's push the envelope. I said, I'm gonna give you somewhat of a of a mohawk. Type fade. Let's clean you up, get all that hair regrowth out. And we had my guy Gabby, which is my barber, Gabby, Gabby Styles. I had him uh do the cornrows on him. And the boy looked phenomenal, I must say. It was shocking. I don't I don't think he knew how to embrace it. He took it off in less than 24 hours. I guess he got picked <laughs> on the guys, gave it to him without Vaseline in the locker room. But <laughs> he looked great to me. I loved it. I told him he needs, he needs to do that more often. It gives him a nice edgier look, man. These QBs got to stop looking so pretty. We need edgier quarterbacks. I'm, I'm with him. Yeah, he, he left the program. Does he call you back up for a retouch, or how does that work out? He's he uh, His family's in Jersey, so – I wish him luck wherever he lands and wherever he winds up and whatever he does in all his ventures and uh, endeavors. Um, but, uh, you know, I haven't heard from him, unfortunately. 
he might be totally out of the area. A lot of guys are very loyal when it comes to barbers. For me, I've been with my barber longer than I've been with my wife. Nobody has cut, nobody else has cut my hair in like 18 years, except for one guy. So who's the most loyal guy that you've cut at, on the UCF team? Like even if they go home, they, they won't get a haircut until they come back. Shoosh. There's so many, to be quite honest. Um, man, I'm going to be honest, man. I'm going to say KZ again. Ain't no one's ever touched that main since I've touched it. You know, and even when he went to FSU, guess who was up there cutting his hair? Yours truly. Don't ever get it confused. I had him looking pretty always. <laughs> a mobile barber as well. Then. Well, I'll, yeah, for the right price, I'll move. You know, well, when you, I'll come on my way, by the way. <laughs> so you talked about this being more than just a haircut. It's an experience. What's the experience for someone that hasn't uh, been to see you yet? Well, you know, it, it's a vibe. You know, um, when you come here to Coleman's Barbershop located in Oviedo, um, we definitely do things differently here. You know, we're, we, well, we, we really embrace the term cornerstone of a community. And, you know, we speak on, upon everything from politics. We, we even, you know, dabble in religion. Uh, don't like it, but we do it. And of course, sports and, you know, we laugh, we cry, we argue and we make up and we hug and we kiss. And it's just, sometimes it's the highlight of someone's day. Um, Coach Malzahn loves coming here. You know, he's a, uh, he, 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 pre he preferred back in the day in Auburn to have someone come to him, but, uh, he actually likes coming here. He loves the vibe. He loves that. He's, he could just be one of the guys over here, you know, and, and that's what we try to push over here. You know, no matter your status, uh, or who you are, or what your name is, you can come here and you just one of the guys. Yeah, well, Malzahn hair changed, changed, right? Yeah, the yeah. hair color changed a little bit over the year. Oh yeah, we had to change. We had to give him that Florida flair, man. You know, <laughs> we're not in Auburn, we're not in Kansas anymore, so to speak, like for better terms. You know, we got to give him that Florida flair. You know, keep him looking fresh, keep him vibrant, keep him looking good. Right, who, he look, you look somebody... like a GM of some Fortune 500 company in Auburn. <laughs> now he looks like you know he can grab a surfboard after a long day at the office, and you know hang back and hang 10, you know, like he just is his swag changed over here. And I'm glad, you know, he looks happier over here. Who's somebody you wanted to get your, your hands on their hair, but never got a chance to, who's that one cut you're chasing right now? To be honest, you're not going to believe it. Um, Dr. Cartwright, the president, mm. <laughs> I've been wanting Dr. Cartwright over here. I would love to pick his brain. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an undercover nerd. It is what it is, you know? What so, would you give him? A, a fade? <laughs> What's going on? What's going on there? Dr. Cartwright, the first, the first time he comes, he gets whatever he likes. After that, it's all on me. And that's usually how I do it. I push the envelope that way. I make you feel comfortable, and I let you open up, and then I make my recommendations, and I, and I, and I, and I, I, I push you to where I think you should be. And, I, and, I, ever, and I've done that with a lot of the guys. Did you ever cut Coach Heupel's hair? You know, let me tell you about Mr. Hypo, man. He uh he likes women cutting his hair first and foremost. Um he why I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 a proven, you know, my 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 resume is extensive. So, but he chose, you know, to go to like a cuttery and stuff, you know, and have some chick, you know, massage his hair with some soap and whatever, <laughs> you know. He thought maybe he'll get some extra regrowth. I, I can't call it, you know, but, you know, he, he, he chose quality over a, of a, a head massage. Okay, good luck. Who's the guy that came in and, and their hair was just a complete mess and you, you put him in, in a whole different world? Fuck my life. He's going to hate this. He's my French. Um, I'm going to say Sam Jackson. <laughs> Mr. Good old Sammy boy. O-line. My brother from another. Man, if you look at my Instagram and you look at the first time I cut him, I did it before and after. Woo! That was a two-hour haircut, man. <laughs> it was two hours. I had to massage that. I had to shampoo, excuse me, twice. No massages. That's hypo. We're not going back there. Twice <laughs> to loosen up that mane. But now, oh, that boy, he's, he's as pretty as pretty can be when he comes in. Monster, where for, can folks find you? Um, well, you can find me if you want to reach out to me. You can uh, follow my link on Instagram, which is uh, Monster the Barb One, or my I mean, excuse me, that's my Twitter. My Instagram is Monster underscore T H A underscore Barber. And through there, you can follow my link on Linktree and 
got my number there and we can schedule an appointment. You let me know how you heard of me and what days and times you're looking to come in. And I'm here located in Oviedo at 185 East Mitchell Hammock um, in Oviedo, Coleman's Barbershop, the number one barbershop in the east side. Proven time and time. Not, not just a haircut. It is an experience. Monster, really? thanks for stopping by the Sons of UCF Live tonight. Anytime, brothers. Hey, always a pleasure. Appreciate Thank you. Thank you. You know, I'd go in there and see him, but I, I kind of keep mine short because I swim mm. during the week and I like to be as aerodynamic yeah. in the pool as I can be, uh, Mike. So that's. I'm sure way. he can clean up the beard and stuff. Yeah. And line you up real good. Right? He can probably get you a good hair good. island. Uh, some hair island, no? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or maybe so, he can give you a hypo style. <laughs> he just get a massage out of the deal. I don't know. I like that line of questioning that we went there with the uh, the hypo. We learned a little bit more about Josh. Didn't know we were getting that. It's a, it's a treat. Didn't know we were getting that. Exactly. Uh, as we uh, move along in the show, uh, softball. 20th ranked Knights, 31 and 10 now. Uh, 10th in the RPI. Uh, they won 2 1 at uh, North Florida on Wednesday. They uh, host Memphis this weekend. So they remain on a roll. And uh, Eric Lopez tells me that if you're in that top 10, 15, right, you most likely host in the NCAA tournament. So they just got to keep plowing through conf conference play, and, and maybe that will happen. Baseball, though, Mike, did you go to the game? They were at FAU Tuesday. They dropped that one 5 3. No, that was a no. I was not. No, my daughter had a softball game. I could mm. not make it. 18 and 11 now. Uh, they are on the road at Memphis uh, this weekend. So let's uh, let's bring in Stephen Branca, who's good to join us every week. Of course, you hear him on ESPN Plus. By the way, Stephen, right before you, we had on Monster the Barber. That seems yeah. a little, you know, it doesn't seem quite right for you and I. Yeah, I mean, you guys are talking about barbers. I mean, I I know my barber pretty well uh, for the last, I don't know, seven years. So that's longer than I've been married to my wife as well. It's just every other day in the shower, just shave my head and we're good to go. So <laughs> let's you save uh, a lot of money that way. Exactly. Let's go back uh, to this weekend. Uh, I wasn't rolling because I didn't expect you. I think you jumped up in the air into Greg Lovelady's arms uh, following the sweep of the uh, the rivals over there in Tampa. Nice job by the Knights over the weekend sweeping. Yeah, they were fantastic in just about every aspect of the game. And, uh, you know, you got to see the offense finally come together. Bullpen looked good. All those things that we talked about last week on this show that needed to get shored up got shored up um, and anytime that they can be USF or that other team over there, like we used to call them, um, you know, it's, it's always a really, really good day. And I wore my, uh, my Citronauts shirt today because uh, of Billy Mole was talking about the Oviedo Citronauts in one of his tweets a couple weeks ago, uh, kind of throwing some shade. So just had to support the, uh, the program a little bit, you know, Obviously, the sweep is 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 great, but what do you think it means? Does it mean extra because it was the cows? Because at that point, they were 18 and 7. They were the quote-unquote top team opening a conference play. Does this have more meaning than just beating a team three times? Yeah, it's it's the start to your conference season, right? And, and we talked last time about how conference is a whole new season that starts over for you because if you, if you do well in conference, you got a chance to play postseason. And so uh, it's just a great start. Hopefully that momentum rolls into this weekend uh, up in Memphis. But it's it means a lot because it's that rivalry. Um, but it also it's just that conference. It's just a different level. Uh, gamers show up when it's it's conference time, and and that's what we got to see. The, I wouldn't say there was a bit of a hangover. We were winning most of the game on Tuesday night. We just let it slip away late. What what happened there in the uh, what was it, the eighth inning? Yeah, bullpen issue, right? Uh, those guys had, had thrown a lot over the weekend. Um, and it's been a, you know, the schedule part has been a little tough for some of these guys with the travel and, and where they've been. And it's kind of been a weird uh, schedule in a couple areas. And, you know, I, I think it just caught up to them a little bit. I think it was just that midweek lull. Um, like you said, they were leading most of that game. But, you know, sometimes just on the back end, you get caught and, and they got caught. So. Well, we got a question right before we came on from at UCF Real saying to ask you about resting starters midweek. Uh, what do you think of that? Uh, or is it saying that maybe those midweek games not as important as conference play? You know, I, 
if they're not that they're not as important. I think it's just, I mean, you look at a guy like Alex Freeland. Okay. The guy has played, I mean, UCF in his time has played almost 90 games and he's played in 88 of them. He started 88 games out of 89. This past week was the first game he's missed. I mean, that's, that's incredible for a kid who's a freshman used to playing 20, 25 games in high school before he got there. And now he's, you know, he played 88 games in a row. I mean, that's, that's impressive. And he's a little banged up, you know, he needs some rest and needs some time to, to get right for this weekend. And, you know, Sundin being the other one as a, a freshman catcher trying to figure out where his legs are after, I know he's hot as a pistol right now, but I mean, he, he needs some rest. He can't catch every game or else you're going to lose him toward the back end of the year. He's going to, he's going to slow down dramatically if you don't take care of him and rest him in these games. And so midweek is where you can kind of try some guys in different areas and try some things out. You're still trying to win games, but you're also trying to protect your guys at the same time. Maybe not uh, UCF related, Stephen, but I saw recently uh, Vanderbilt was uh, was a team that did this, and I saw Major League Baseball is doing it too. They're going to the automated signs, right? Your guys are wearing certain devices on their arms or whatever, so no more catchers to, to pitcher connection. It's more you're reading something off a sign, off of something electronic. As a, as a baseball purist, what are your thoughts on that evolution and going to something like a, a system that's more electronic in nature? Uh, if it's going to speed up the game, I like it. Uh, you know, with the, the walkie talkie and the catcher that speeds up the game, right? You don't have to sit there and give signs and whatnot. And, uh, you know, that speeds up the game. It's weird having the devices a little bit, but I will tell you if somebody is doing that, there's a really good chance they're stealing signs, uh, or else you wouldn't be as guarded as you are. And so, um, not that that's wrong. I mean, everybody should be trying to pick up every advantage they can, but, um, it's just different. Uh, and it's, it's something, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I could ever get used to that just because, you know, I'm used to a guy touching different signs, body signs, face signs, whatever it is to, to get whatever's going on in that moment. I mean, there's not too many points in a game that things are going on. So it really shouldn't, you know, be that big of a deal to, to throw a few signs out there. And if you're smart enough, you make them simple enough and, you know, it doesn't take up a whole lot of time, but I'd like to see just the, the regular signs, but the new stuff, hey, if it speeds up the game, great. If it's it comes a hindrance and slows it down anymore, it's it's not worth it. What's the latest updates on the injury front? Are we expecting anybody guys to come back anytime soon? Yeah, I think we'll see Patterson this weekend. Uh, from what I've heard, he's doing well. I think they'll have him on a pitch count, any count, something like that. Uh, but I think he's doing well, which is good. Uh, they need that starting pitching back, so it's – it's not wearing on the bullpen as much as it, it has uh, the last couple of weeks. Um, so I think that's a huge one that you'll see. Uh, and it sounds like from what I've seen and what I've heard is Riley Wash will be back soon. So that'll be great to, to give Sundin some time here and there uh, and, and kind of help with that catching situation, not put the weight on his shoulders as well as he's played. You'd love to see him out there every day, but, like I said, if you ride him too hard, he's not gonna he's not gonna finish the season as hot as he is now, and that's when you need him the most. So, how good is Connor Stain? Uh, he's one of the best in the country. I mean, it's not even close. Um, I'd venture to say I could probably say he's he's got to be top five in the country, if not <laughs> better than that. I mean, it's unbelievable watching that kid. I've talked to him a couple times now in the last week, and. I got to talk to him Saturday after his outing on, on Friday, whenever he threw it was, but he was, he, he just talked about, it. I mean, the kid is tough as nails. He had a blister and I, I saw it on the broadcast under his middle fingernail. And I told Mark, I'm like, it's either a fingernail that he's torn or it's a blister. One of the two, he's not feeling right. But what he learned was his breaking ball was working better off of that. And that kid is so competitive that he was like, yeah, I just went to the breaking ball. I just struck out every guy from there on out with my breaking ball. He didn't even have to throw his fastball in those counts where he's usually blowing guys away with a fastball. But, I mean, anybody who's throwing a fastball from, you know, 95, 97 like he can, and he's got two different breaking balls that he's worked on that are both really, really good. And, I mean, he is – you might see him as the best pitcher in college baseball this year. Opening day for Major League Baseball. Who's your team? See, when you get to to my point, you don't have teams anymore. You just have people that you root for. And so I, I just root for like guys like Matt Duffy, who I played with with the Giants. He's a really good friend of mine. Um, I'm actually doing his wedding in November. So 
he, he and I are really close. Um, and then Patrick Wisdom, the guy with the Cubs, I played with him for a while, and, and he's a really good guy, a really good dude. Uh, so guys like that I try to keep up with. Uh, but teams uh, – Teams will break your heart. Players that you can you can root on no matter who they're with. So, <laughs> well said, well said, Stephen. We appreciate you stopping by again this week. Let's uh, win this series at Memphis this weekend. I'd love that. Well, thanks for having me, guys. All right, see you again. All right, open up that mailbag. We got any walk and talks this week? Do we have anything? Yeah, we do, Trace. We have one uh, Night of Lorian and a couple of um, of cameo appearances. So here we go. What's up, sons of UCF? We're out here at the Mission Control event at Top Golf Orlando. We got the UCF Twitter Mafia out here today. We wanted to know, with 146 days until the start of football season, what's your favorite thing to do to pass the time over summer? And as always, go Knights. Charge <laughs> So I've cranked the volume uh, up on that one. I mean, Night of Lorian's got a little mask situation going on there. What's your favorite thing to do to pass the time until the start of football season? Work on this show every week so we can talk about football all year round. Uh, dr- I'll answer from like drink, I guess. Is <laughs> maybe is maybe the answer? <laughs> that, is that the word? Uh, you know, hang out with the kids. You know, uh, you know, do the show. Uh, just you know, buy some time for football season. It's really just there's two seasons: football season and not football season. Yeah, drinking is part of it, but I mean, we live here in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> We're at the beach it's almost fun. every weekend. That's my thing. It's a five minute drive to the beach. We go hang out there, relax, spend the weekends with the family. Because once football season comes around, they know you know twelve o'clock kickoff. I'm done for the rest of the day. You were just in Italy. What was your? What did you say in your walk and talk uh, question from last week? You were in the Fort Lauderdale of Italy, or what was that? What was yeah, the line that's you right. Because here in Fort Lauderdale, they refer to it as the Venice of America. So while I was in Venice, it was the Fort Lauderdale of Italy. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, at the Dr. Drew, who would be your ideal new Big 12 commissioner? Uh, Bowlesby leaving. Top choice from each of you and why I will start. Ready? Danny White. How about that? Danny White. I think that's something he might aspire to do as well. Yeah, that's the th- I don't know anything about what these folks would do from that standpoint. I mean, Danny White obviously is very progressive in that perspective. Oliver Lux, a name you hear, I have no idea if that's good or not. He was the commissioner of the XFL, which folded in three weeks. Uh, so I got to pick a name randomly. Uh, give me Mark Cuban. I don't know. <laughs> I like Oliver Luck, though. That would be a good choice. I, that yeah, league didn't fold because of Oliver Luck. <laughs> Right. That's yeah, fair. he's that's probably fair. one of the leaders in the clubhouse. Give me somebody that's going to work out that TV deal to get the most money, because that's what's going to separate this conference from the other conferences. The, the SEC and the Big Ten are going to separate themselves from everybody else. We need to at least stay in that tier with the ACC and the Pac-12. At Spursy Night, do you think UCF will make the move to the Big 12 earlier? I, I certainly don't think UCF is, you know, and the rest of these teams, they don't want to talk too much. They want to look poor and drag their heels and really aren't we still waiting for what Texas and Oklahoma do before all these other things start moving around? Yeah. I think if you're asking if they want to make the move early, I'm sure the answer to that is yes. Does it logistically make sense? Can it make sense from a financial standpoint? I think that's the challenge. Now if there's no commissioner for the big 12, does that even muddy the waters a little bit even more with no one there to really negotiate with? So I'm sure, I'm sure they want to, will they, I think is probably a whole nother ball of wax. Yeah, I think the plan has always been we're going to have one more season in in this conference, and in 2023 we'll, we'll move on. And I think that's still the plan. I don't think we can be vocal about it and come out and say that's what's going to happen, but I think that everybody inside kind of knows that's what's going to happen. At uh, Zeebles UCF, if you had to pick one player from spring practice whose performance you would describe as slapping it through a screen door, Mike, see what you missed when you missed two shows. <laughs> and then the related question, Adam and Mike, are you safe? Uh, uh, interpret that however you want, Adam. You were here last week. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, look, Mike and I are, are, are very distant from wherever you are right now, Trace. So I think both of us are feeling good about uh, where we are. I have locks on my doors. Uh, we have an alarm system here. Um, I don't even know if I have a screen, actually, in my back door. I don't think I do. A screen and patio. So I feel good about that. Um, 
Jalen Griffin is a name you're hearing a ton from the receiver standpoint. Uh, Trace, there was an interview you posted a bunch this week with Kobe Hudson, who talked about how Jalen and he were sort of battling it out for that receiver spot. Seemed like a lot of respect there. That's a name that kind of jumps off the page at you. It wasn't somebody we saw a ton last year. So I would say he's slapping it through the screen door this year. Give me whoever the guys are that are intercepting Plumley. I mean, we don't have the details <laughs> on that. But it seems like the defensive backs are doing a pretty good job here in the spring. Uh, put me down for Brandon Adams. He picked off Mikey Keene the week before in the scrimmage. Uh, so um, uh, I, I remember something I think it was you, Adam, who said when we got Quadric Bullard during spring last year, and we all went, well, why him? And you said, well, maybe they were showcasing some guys that they thought were going to do bigger things, and they brought Brandon Adams out uh, to, to meet with the media. So uh, I'd like to see what he can do for the Knights. Uh, uh, Robert, whose comments you see scroll across the screen at two letters, two words. Will the influx of Big 12 media money make it easier to retain good UCF head coaches, football excluded? Certainly can't hurt, but uh, I'm not sure that UCF is going to win those bidding wars when it comes to the SEC programs. Yeah, I think maybe just being in the Big 12 helps to retain those coaches, right? Because you're at that Power 5 level. You're in a conference where you have a, a bunch of, of you know powerful teams, depending upon which area. I mean, men's basketball, two years in a row now, Big 12 has won the championship, right? So you're in a conference with a bunch of power-ass teams. I'm not sure if the money will be there to do that, but maybe the prestige. But let's face it, if the... If the there's there's 10 to 15, 20 programs in the nation, you know, in the in the SEC and the Big Ten, if they come calling for your coach, they've got the money to come get your coach, right? We saw Brian Kelly leave Notre Dame for LSU, right? Mm -hmm. if, if if one of these comes calling for your coach, I don't care who you are. Lincoln Riley goes from Oklahoma to USC. If their money is there, they're gonna go. I don't care who who you are and how much your TV deal is. So those 15, 20 schools want your coach, just say goodbye and wish them well. Unless your team will. That's yeah, that's true. But we do have an upper hand now on the teams in the Big 12. We're in the same conference. And would you rather live in Orlando or what, Ames, Iowa or Lubbock, Texas or any of these other places? Um, I think we have a little bit of an advantage that way. Maybe Lawrence, Kansas, kind of a popular place now. At uh, Mary Ashbaugh, six. happy birthday, Mary. I saw you post that on Twitter today. Uh, asking us to talk about the new women's basketball head coach. Are we excited about it? Do you think we'll get some good transfers and recruits? You know, I think that she won the press conference. I see these comments that it's a home run hire, which is just a cliche, right? Uh, some of the same people, you, Jeff Sharon, good luck after the wisdom teeth surgery that you had today, saying it's a home run hire, yet saying that when a highly touted football recruit uh, is lauded for coming to UCF, well, let's see what they do. Let's see what she does. Yeah, I mean, uh, Mike and I said this on the show this week. Everything seems good on paper. The pedigree's there. The, the the track record is there. The DNA is there. Can she get the players to come play for her? Can she develop those players? That's the name of the game. Uh, and ultimately, I, I think she's got at least an upper hand in terms of understanding what she's getting herself into in terms of the conference, you know, in terms of having some of those relationships with players. So you hope that gives her the upper hand. But it's hard to say. Unfortunately, the transfer portal is, is hurt us, but it works both ways. So maybe there's the, you know, the, the seventh player on the bench of LSU, the team she was just at, who's not getting in playing time and says, let me go to Orlando and I can be, you know, the top one or two players there. The transfer portal works both ways. Let's see what she can do. I think the pedigree is there, but obviously without players, it doesn't, doesn't mean a heck of a lot. Yeah. Do it in the playoffs. Uh, she needs to come here. She, it's easy to do what she was doing at a, a school like Baylor when, I mean, it's like Alabama. You're, you're a coach at Alabama, and, and they say, wow, this guy's a great wide receivers coach. Maybe they just have the best wide receivers in the country. So let's see what she can do now that she's here at UCF with her own uh, recruiting and her own coaching style. At UCF Guide 23, how many seasons will it take UCF men to get their first win versus Kansas in basketball? Less than three, four to seven, eight to ten, ten plus. I said not in my lifetime, and I've got a $20 dinner bet, which if it takes us two years to get in the Big 12 and his question 10 plus, uh, I don't know what $20 is going to afford in uh, 12 years, but I, I don't think I see UCF beat Kansas ever. It doesn't seem likely. The only outside chance you have is that Kansas is under the specter of NCAA stuff. Bill For five is, years. That is the biggest a, I said specter. I mean, whatever. I mean, it's been a while. So if they happen to get hit with something, lose a scholarship, Bill Self leaves, rebuild for a year. You know, maybe we sneak a one-point win someplace down the road. But suddenly so, so we are entering into, if not, you know, the, the top one of the top two basketball conferences in college right now. 
and and the challenges are going to be great for a lot of these teams. I think Kansas obviously at the bar, um, but uh, give me 10 plus is, would be my answer. Here's the problem with your bet. If you win, you're dead. So how is it somebody going to take you out to dinner? I, I don't get it. But, I mean, you see, in college basketball, in college basketball, you see That's major the upsets all the That's... time. All, all the time. I mean, teams that have no business beating other teams can win one game. So I'm not buying that it's going to take us 10 years. I think we can fix, sneak a win out of there sometime. Maybe they come in, they take us lightly one day. It's going to be our Super Bowl. What year? To, what year? What year? What year? Less than three, four to seven, eight Within to ten. five. Five years. Within five years. If you're right, I'll get you dinner. All right. If I'm not dead. That's good. Just don't buy <laughs> drinks. Um, yeah, that would be costly. <laughs> What's the prices uh, for those beers you were holding up on your Twitter all week from Italy? Not bad at all. I mean, cheap. the liquor over there is a lot cheaper. Wine, I mean, I was getting big jugs of th- that thing that I was carrying in that walk and talk wasn't water. It was filled with red wine. Oh, point. I knew it was water. <laughs> and, uh, there needed to be no disclaimer for that. <laughs> that, that whole thing cost 2.9 euros, which is probably about $3.50. Uh, and it'll last you hours just walking around. So, is that um, the bulk the price of vacation spending? No souvenirs just spent on, uh, on beer and wine? Uh, um, well, the kids got some souvenirs from themselves. I didn't really need any souvenirs. But, yeah, we, we did a lot of dinners, a lot of walking around, a lot of eating, drinking. Great time. I had a, a fabulous time. We did all the, you know, the touristy stuff too. We saw all the main uh, attractions. So. At Hawk underscore lover, L-O-V-R, since Thursday is National Beer Day. Happy National Beer Day too. What's your favorite beer? Put me down for IPAs and uh, Cigar City's Highlight as my favorite. Give me a Lost Coast Tangerine Wheat. It's more prevalent on the West Coast, but a, uh, a fantastic, nice summertime beer. A little citrus flavor to you. Um, not too, not too IPA ish. I'm not an IPA fan per se, but it gives you just enough. So Lost Coast Tangerine Wheat. Look it up. Yeah, the IPAs. I was not into them for a while. I, I was kind of one of those ad eh, they were discussing, but then I acquired a taste for them, and now that's basically what I drink most of the time. And Trace nailed it on the head. Highlight. That's my go-to one. Mm. When I see that on the shelves, I grab them every time. And they sell them down by you? Oh yeah, yeah. They definitely have them. There. Sounds like something to have at the uh, tailgate at FAU. Doesn't take you too many of those, and you're feeling pretty good about a game. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. I know. I uh, <laughs> I probably needed an IPA to listen to episode 175 of the Sunspot, not because I don't enjoy you guys, but uh, to hear Keith Tribble again. My I believe I, it may be a poll question for you, especially on the Instagram. I know Adam, oh. you're big on the Instagram. Am I? <laughs> I? It's the least favorite interview that you guys have done that, that I've yeah. listened to because I believe you um, cast him in a positive light. And I don't think his time at UCF uh, reflects that. So he's my yeah, least mo- favorite. Our most hated interview of all time when we released it the first time, we got a ton of backlash. Um, certainly I think people wanted us to, to go at him more in questions. We tried a few different times. He walked around some stuff. It is what it is. Uh, but really the context for this week was we talked a lot about Terry Mohajer and we talked about his grade as an AD. Where do we see him at? And there's some people who are already critical of team mode just 14 months in with fundraising, scheduling, whatever. And so the backdrop of this one was it could be worse. It could be Keith Triple. Well, that's true. <laughs> you know, I, for what he did to the school, that's one thing. Yes. But as a person, he's a great guy. I, I got the chance to meet him. To tie everything back into it, we have the same barber. As we spoke to Monster the Barber. Yeah, that all, all came together, Mike. Ah. That's how I met right? And that's how we ended up getting him on the show. I had the barber give me his number. That it all it all comes yeah, together. Look, it's, nice it's not for everybody. I, I get it. But it is a part of UCF history, right? We aren't where we are without that little tumult that we went through with with key triple certainly there's there's plenty of, of stones to cast in his direction i think some of them he dodges and some of them he sort of you know uh, starts to blame for other people but it's a part of our history it's a good history lesson down you know down memory lane i encourage you to research some stuff afterwards see if you think what he says jives with what's been reported you probably will find a few different inconsistencies but it was a nice little reminder that we complain about terry mahajer and i'm not here telling you he's the greatest but it could be worse. I get also, by the way, if the bar is sanctioned program, non-sanctioned program, we're in a bit of a different, you know, different space. But it it always could be worse. Um, and and Keith Triple certainly has his uh, 
his, his dark marks on his UCF record. So Adam, um, Instagram, you've been pushing that all week. How are we doing with it? I'm getting a little reaction. Yeah, we're trying. You know, we're putting some poll questions up there, Trace. The videos are going up there that you're doing in in uh, in, in practices. We're putting uh, some stuff up there from press conferences. So, trying to grow the Instagram, trying to grow the YouTube channel. Anybody who wants to follow us on there, uh, make sure you do that. There's some exclusive stuff at some point we'll put on there as well. So, at Suns UCF, wherever you do all that stuff at. Maybe one of these days I'll throw one of these mugs at somebody. We still haven't given out a mug yet, so. I'm getting, I'm getting kind of itchy here. Maybe a mug. Maybe I'll give one to Monster the Barber, by the way. He's, he's fantastic. Mm. Um, but mm. uh, we need to get a mug out there for somebody. So somebody, you know, make us laugh, do something, follow us somewhere, and maybe you'll, you'll get a mug one day. Uh, Mike, programming note, uh, we're going live next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. I hope you don't have a conflict. We hadn't had a chance to talk about okay. it. Got some travel for Easter weekend, so it'll work out a little bit better Wednesday. Hoping to have Nick Patty rejoin us. A little oh. spring game preview. I uh, spoke with Nick today, and uh, as long as he doesn't have a late schedule conflict, looks like he is in to talk with us and uh, talk uh, quarterbacks and linebackers and kickers. Colton Boomer uh, booming some today inside the bounce house. So uh, interesting battle at kicker as well. Want to thank RBJ, Monster, Stephen Bronca for uh, being with us. And you guys enjoy Twitter spaces with uh, some of those guys uh, coming up after our show. I uh, want to thank you. Uh, for joining us for the Sons of UCF Live. Adam, thank you for queuing up all the clips. And Mike, welcome back. It just wasn't the same without you. And we will see all of you next week on Wednesday, 8 to 9 on the Sons of UCF Live. I'm Trey Stroka. Go Knights, everyone. Charge on. Here on. I have to change. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.